It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan at 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills the mic alongside Joe Medora on this 8th day of November, 6.06 on the clock, and currently 57 degrees and, well, dark outside. I mean, now with the clocks moving all the way back, this would be 7.07 as of, you know, Saturday, let's say. But, you know, clock, uh, yeah. you know, went back an hour here, Joey, and we got an extra hour of being awake. It's, uh, yeah. you know, again, 6.06. It's always alarming when you're awake, when the clock goes back or moves forward, and you're like, what the hell just happened? But, well, uh, <laughs> I never know... Like, let, let's say that you're working overnight somewhere, right? And let, let's just say you're a fast oh, food worker. You got the night shift, you're saying? You got the night shift. Yeah. And let's say that your shift ends at 3 o'clock. Does that mean then you work an extra hour because, you know, 3 o'clock doesn't come until, you know, four hours after? That's true. I don't know what how you're doing that... a sports show, talk show. Right. I mean, if you're going overnight. You're, you're until yeah. 3, you're until, the, you know, you got the overnight, midnight to 3 a.m. And then now, fortunately, the extra hour. Fortunately, we haven't been in that situation where we have to worry about it. Uh, no. But I wonder what businesses do uh, when when you're talking about moving back the clock. Um, either way, we've got a great show for you. Um, lots to talk about over the weekend. Obviously, a disappointing game between Cincinnati and Cleveland with uh, the Browns blowing out the Cincinnati Bengals as the Bengals head into their bye week, which is after two disappointing weeks. Uh, it, it's a uh, bye week that is needed. They need a little bit of rest there. Um, you know, and Saturday, our Saturday games at the high school level. Joey had the Trumbull Tomcats in a heartbreaking 35-28 loss. And uh, the Nelsonville York Buckeyes gave Fort Fry all they could in a 36-6 loss. Yeah, we'll open up with Trimble. Uh, first of all, shout out to the Tomcat, uh, you know, faithful, so to speak. I mean, two-hour drive, but they were there in full force. Um, rooting their Tomcats on. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned it. it was a gut punch, a gut wrenching type of loss, especially in a playoff game where it's win or go home. Because uh, you know it's always the worst when you play that well, but you 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 don't get to play another week. Um, and you know Trimble was leading the whole way. They took the lead beginning of the first quarter. Long touchdown run from Bryce Downs, who had a, an incredible game. They get an interception. They score another touchdown. Fourteen zip. Uh, they go into the half up 28-21. They're running the ball great. Bryce Downs, here's a stat line, Connor. 13 rushes, 241 yards, four touchdowns. That was his first half. Yeah, <laughs> it's really I impressive. I mean, it's, an, it's insane to think what he was doing and the effectiveness they had running the ball. But to East Knox's credit, they made their halftime adjustments. They started loading the box. They basically put everybody down there and said, we're going to dare you to throw the ball. And Trimble just never really did. To be honest with you, um, they attempted a few pass plays, nothing really down the field until they had to with about 30 seconds left, and they were finally trailing. But East Knox, they just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. Uh, Trimble's defense came up with a couple big stops in the third and fourth quarter. Um, and obviously they were, hold on, they were holding on 28-27, just couldn't really find the offense in the second half. The defense was stepping up. And I, I think the biggest heartbreak is the play right before the touchdown, Tabor Lackey comes right off the edge on the backside hits the quarterback, gets the ball out, it's on the ground. It, it, it looked like, from my vantage point, it looked like there were three or four Tomcats right there, so I figured, oh, the Trumbull's going to be on the ball. 
uh, just waiting for the ref signal. But then you see the you know the guy from the far side like come up. He's holding a third, holding up the three for third down. So that meant East Knox recovered. Now very next play, uh, that quarterback uh, Peyton Lester. He he's a good ball player. Threw five touchdowns. Uh, threw it up to his favorite target that night. Uh, believe the the man's name was or the kid's name was Shane Nepp. He caught four touchdowns and. A lot of them were really impressive. He went up over two Trimble defenders, caught the ball in the end zone. And, uh, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, I've been here for four years now and covered high school football in some capacity around here every year. And, I mean, I struggle to think of a better football game I've been to than that one. I mean, that was a wire to wire. You know, the offenses were making plays, obviously, 35-28. The defenses stepped up in times when they needed to as well. And uh, it's tough for Trimble to, to go out like that, but that's a good East Knox team. Um, we knew the offenses were probably going to prevail and get their way a little bit, but the, the story of the game is East Knox shutting out Trimble in the second half, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, to go up 28 points, right? They, and, well, uh, they never went up 28 well, points. Yeah, to put up, to put up 28 <laughs> points. Yeah, to put up 28 points in that first half and, and be... Uh, yeah. No, couldn't be stopped. Four yep. drives. I mean, Bryce Downs, again, we bet 241 on the ground in the first half. He couldn't be stopped. Two of those runs were over 60 yards. Another one was over 50. I mean, they were just giving the ball, giving the ball straight up the gut, and he was finding – I mean, he wasn't getting touched ever until he was seven, eight yards down the field on, on any run play. And this, If you give Downs that much space to run – you know, I watched him a lot, you know, this year and in, in years past. You know, he's a big back. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be tough to bring him down. And, you know, obviously he had his way in that first half. But, um, yeah, just what happened in, in the second? I mean, just great East Knox defense. Mm. Like, what? I don't know. I mean, you were there. Yeah, like, I mean, they did, you know, they, you know, they dared Trimble to throw. And Trimble just didn't really seem to do it. Um. After the first drive in the third quarter, it, it it was evident that they were loading the box and they're saying, all right, they could try to throw all over us and we'll lose that way, but this kid's not running for another yard the rest of this game. Um, and they, to their credit, they slowed him down. The, well, we're being 20, 50-yard runs every time. We're turning the two- and three-yard runs. They kept getting Trimble in the third and seven, third and six, third and eight situations. and. I don't know. The Tomcats just didn't really put the ball in the air in those situations all that much. Um, and when they did, very few times, didn't find much success doing it. I mean, Guffey had a couple receptions. Weiser caught a couple bubble screens. Um, I think Dixon may have caught one pass. Not exactly sure, but, you know, they, they eliminated. I mean, we mentioned the, the depth. We talked about with Coach Ferris, the depth they have at receiver. He mentioned pretty much every guy on the outside when he talked about who's going to be maybe somebody that steps up and, I don't know. They they, they just didn't really get the uh, get into that aspect of the offense. I can understand when you're running for what seems like a touchdown every time you run the ball in the first half. It's like, well, they ain't gonna stop us. Let's keep doing it. But it was clear East Knox made the necessary adjustments. Credit to them, uh, Coach Reese. Uh, he did a heck of a job forming that defensive game plan in the second half. And like I told you in the in the room earlier, Trimble just didn't adjust to to their adjustments, and that that's what led to them not really being able to put up points in. Uh, in the second half. Another backbreaker. It was third and two, about four minutes left in the game. Uh, Trimble trying to milk the clock out. They get a first down. They're probably going to be able to do it. Or if East Knox was getting the ball back, it would have been with under two minutes or maybe even under one minute. Uh, third and two, false start, moves it back to third and seven. They lose big yardage on on third down, have to punt it back to them. And, um, you know, obviously, you know the rest. Yeah. Moving forward for the Tomcats. Next year, mm. are we going to see Burdett under center? 
Uh, I know it's it's uh, you know, a young offensive line for for the uh, for the Tomcats that were you know I think the youngest last year, right? A lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores, a lot of guys you know stepping up. Um, but now with Downs, Guffey, and Lackey all graduating along with uh, Weiser, Weiser, Freeborn, yeah, Free. Uh, Clarence Jones, who stepped in and played big for him. Uh, Trey Christie, who's a great defensive player. Uh, Tucker Dixon, a lot of great, a lot of great players. It was a big senior class for them, um, and that senior class did a lot of winning. I made sure to kind of shout that out at the end of the broadcast. I mean, they were freshmen on that, you know, state championship runner-up team. Uh, they were sophomores on that team that went undefeated and 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 lost to Springfield in the second round in a tight game. They obviously went undefeated in the regular season last year. And uh, they won another playoff game this year. They won playoff games in all four of the years in high school. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really seconds. great senior class. And I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like Burdett is quite the same quarterback as Lackey, right? Who can just kind of they can just spread it out and chuck the ball around. It you know obviously Burdett was their quarterback in that wishbone set this year, and he's still a young kid, and he might develop over the offseason, get bigger and stronger. He threw a touchdown pass in the first playoff game to Guffey, so we know they have faith in him throwing the football. So it'll be interesting to see. We know. Uh, Trimble will make their adjustments. We'll see if it's a more traditional wishbone type of look that we've seen from them in years past next year. Um, but kind of like at the end of 2019, going into last season, Connors, you remember there was a lot of question marks of who's going to be the guys that step up. And I think you're going to kind of have those those questions coming into next year as well. But they always seem to find the guys to step up and do it. So, Yeah. I mean, that, again, Tomcats have been good. Yeah, They've had sus- sustained success since, you know, as long as I can remember, you know, back, I mean, they had, what was it, 2013 where they had the uh, state championship yep. run and then another yep. one in, in 2018. So, you know, that, that tells you that, you know, it's not just the the original group of guys, right? I mean, you oh, know, yeah. if you had a, a one-off in, in 2013, um, you know, that, that was proven wrong in, in 2018, right? I mean, Coach Ferris has built that program up so well that, you know, you're going to contend year in and year out. And you know, while it stings this year, you know, Tomcats will be back next year, regardless of who they have out there on the field. Yeah, and they still had talented young players. Um, you know, Cole Wright, sophomore, uh, he was a beast on the defensive line uh, in the game on uh, on Saturday night. I mean, he had a couple sacks. He was seemed like in the backfield on every play. Uh, so he's going to be dominant. Uh, obviously, Burdett, you'd assume he'd be the, the quarterback going forward since he would be the quarterback in the wishbone look for them this year. And um, but it'll be interesting. You know, we, we got to see some of the younger kids get some snaps in the, in the first playoff game, and maybe that'll be, you know, who you're going to kind of be looking at moving forward. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, they'll be ready next year, week one, Nelsonville, York, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, again, just, just a really tough loss because when you're leading a game like that the whole way, you feel like you're the better team. Obviously, everybody wanted to see the Trimble-Newark Catholic rematch all year. Um, and I don't think Trimble was peeking ahead or anything. I think they knew they had a good football team to beat. But it just felt like they had that game well in hand and, and won on many, on not many, but a few occasions throughout the game when they get the stop in the fourth quarter to get the ball back and they start running the ball a little bit. When they get the fumble from Lackey that they couldn't fall on. It just felt like, as Trimble has a lot of games, they were going to make the play to win the game. And unfortunately, uh, it was the other team that was able to do that. I mean, it was a heck of a catch from that kid in the end zone for East Knox. So... Yeah. Again, that was a 35-28 loss for the Trimble Tomcats, bringing their season to a close. Uh, Nelsonville York season also went to a close last Saturday, yeah. 36 to six with the running clock. Um, yeah, that game was better than than I think that that score kind of indicated. Uh, just a couple of mistakes by 
by the Buckeyes, right? I mean, one was a blocked punt with a very short field for, for Nelsonville York. Uh, one was just a, a four vertical play to where, you know, Mason Long, you know, the one guy that, uh, you know, Fort Fry kind of depends on and his speed, uh, but Long went for about a 69-yard touchdown reception. Um, you know, Ellis hit his spot. I uh, didn't have to pass all too much, but he did go 7 to 10, 162 yards. Uh, Carter, 11 to 19, 118 yards. Um, but you know, that Fort Fry offense and the wing T offense you know, just gave that Buckeye defense fits, yeah. seemed like, all game long. And there were a couple of big stops in there. You know, Nathan Martin played a, a heck of a game. Uh, Dom Robinson had a, a great game. Um, you know, it was a lot of defensive stops, but they couldn't get enough, right? And, you know, they were susceptible to that one big play. Uh, they played with short field position. And, uh, you know, Fort Fry capitalized on all, all those mistakes. And, you know, they were just the, like we said during the broadcast, sometimes you just have to tip your cap to the better team. Fort Fry was a better team. Yeah, and, y- you know... As much as we try to, you know, we try to give Nelsonville York a, a puncher's chance, we all knew they were running to a buzzsaw on Saturday night. Uh, we know what Fort Fry is. They're an apps fantastic team. Um, Nelsonville York, from, from what I understood, was able to hang in there a little bit in the first half, scored a touchdown for halftime to make it a two-score game, 22-6. Um, but as you said, you know, th- those against those high, those great high school teams if you make mistakes they're going to capitalize off it and uh, you know when you have a black punt for a touchdown you give up short fields most of the game have your defense on the field a lot i mean a team like that's going to get their points so you just have to hope that you're able to score with them and unfortunately uh nelsonville unable to uh finish out drives for the most part but um again another great team around here um winning the tvc ohio obviously uh outright you know, running the table in conference play. Uh, you know, they were they were a great team. It's unfortunate because you think maybe if they're in a different part of the bracket, this Nelsonville York team, if they could have got to see Fort Fry a little later down the road, they could have beaten perhaps upset some other teams in in this region because they were a really good team this year. But uh unfortunately they got Fort Fry in the second round and you know it Fort Fry you, you can't say enough about about the program they have over there. Yeah, Coach Eric Huck has has done a tremendous job, and uh, now he's thirteen and eight at Fort Fry in the postseason. Right before uh, Coach Eric Huck, and I, I think I mentioned on the broadcast if you're listening on 105 on Saturday, but uh, before Coach Huck got in there at Fort Fry, you know they had only been to the postseason once, you know dating all the way back to the '60s, and that was in 2000, and they lost in 2000. But since then, they have gone thirteen and nine. 12 and 8 under you know, Coach Eric Huck. Uh, Fort Fry has just done, a, again, a tremendous job building up their program. They were not a powerhouse you know, in the early 2000s, but since 2008, uh, it's just been you know, a, a great team year in and year out. And you know, Fort Fry, you know, they built up their program. And uh, Nelsonville, York, you know, they've got a great program too. Rusty Richards has done a tremendous job with his coaching staff and, and with the talent that he has to go out there and, and win games. You know, it was fun to, you know, even though, again, the score was 36-6, to six, you know, that defense was hanging in there except for a couple of, of big plays. Uh, you know, Long had two two receptions for 105 yards, right? Uh, you know, running the ball, you had Owen Brown, you know, break away for a couple of, of long runs for the cadets. Uh, Brown had eight, eight carries for 100 yards. Austin Powell, four carries for 70. 
uh, long six carries for 40, right? I mean, they were averaging on the run, you know, a, a lot of yards per carry. And, you know, it was just those long, you know, kind of plays that did Nelsonville York in. Um, but again, the, the offensive line for the cadets was tremendous. The defense was, was pretty good. And I thought that Nelsonville York might have had an opportunity there, you know, when they scored to try to figure out how to unlock, you know, the, the offensive potential. Right. Carter started hitting quick slants to Swope and to Williams uh, and to Logie. And, you know, maybe you thought, all right, you know, hit the slants, capitalize on, on what started working for you. And uh, then that opened up the running game, which allowed Stalder to go in for the touchdown. Um, but, you know, it was just you know, not enough defense for Fort Fry, you know, kind of adjusted. And, you know, they, they got the job done. But that's not to say that, you know, Nelsonville, York should hold their head down low. I mean, they had a tremendous year. They had a tremendous season. And they have a lot of guys coming back. You know, Stalder's still going to come back. You still got Leighton Logie coming back. Gavin Richards and Swope and Williams. Like, you have a lot of your, your talented guys still returning for next year. So, well, there might be more question marks for Trimble moving forward. You know, right? If you want to say a question mark, just with who's you know going to have to step up next year. I think the Buckeyes are in a little bit of a better position just with knowing what they have coming back next year. Uh, they got a little more... Uh, they got a lot of returners coming back, uh, which should make a, a special season. But we got to wait and find out. Yeah, and then the other TVC team, uh, boy, another tough game. Waterford lost a shady side uh, 20 to, I think the final ended up being 27-13. It was 20-13 late, and shady side added no touchdown. But, um, yeah, tough tough, uh, tough second round for the TVC. Unfortunately, none of the, none of the teams could advance on there. But uh, a lot of good teams, and... You know, a bit of an upset in, in uh, Division 7, Region 27. Burn Union, the two-seed, got whooped by River. Yeah. By 30 points. Well, Frazee and I were talking about it wasn't that game, but how close Waterford was able to hold it uh, against their opponent. What was that? Uh, Shadyside. Shadyside. Yeah, that's what yeah. I just said. No, you, you were talking about the other one. Before that one, oh, I that said Waterford, yeah. Shadyside. Waterford, Shadyside was close. and Yeah, um, yeah River putting it on Burn Union was... I guess kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're two-seed undefeated playing the seven. You know, obviously it's playoff time. You expect close games. Anything can happen. But to get beat like that as a number two seed, I mean, I think that it's going to raise some eyebrows. And, you know, shady side not necessarily, you know, putting it on Waterford by any stretch. I mean, River's got to think. They got a decent shot at, at winning this game and going on to play in the, uh, in the regional final. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, that's... Uh, and of course, East Knox will play Newark Catholic. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Talking to Frazee, right? Because Frazee saw the Newark Catholic and Buckeye game earlier on in the year. I think that was week yeah. two, week three. And he still said that Newark Catholic would beat Fort Fry this year. So just based on what he saw, and we all know how good Fort Fry is, but based on what Frazee saw, uh, he still says that Newark Catholic is more of a, a complete team and that's scary because Fort Fry is pretty, pretty good, and you saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's Newark Catholics to lose. But maybe it's Shady Side they're going against, or maybe it's uh, you know River in that uh, regional final. Maybe uh, I mean you hang fifty on the two seed. It seems like you can uh, maybe play <laughs> with anybody. Uh, Newark Catholic East Knox. I'll be interested to see what happens to that one as well. Um, 
just see maybe how the Tomcats would have possibly fared if they, if they were able to pull out the victory. Because obviously, you know, you could split hairs picking who's better between East Knox and Trimble. I mean, if they play 10 times, I don't think you're saying either one of them wins all of them. So. Right, right. Well, again, it was a, a great high school football season throughout the year. We appreciate everybody who listened in to the broadcasts right here for Athens for the majority of the year, and then the Tomcats uh, in the postseason, and of course the Athens County Game of the Week on our sister station, Power 105. Uh, you know, couldn't do it without you know, the listeners and the sponsors, and uh, appreciate all the help from the head coaches in the area and, and the athletic directors as well, because uh, it takes a team to put on those broadcasts, and uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, it's enjoyable, and it's a privilege to go out there and call you know, high school sports and uh, oh, absolutely. bring that like to I, you guys. Like I said, I mean, that game Saturday, I know it wasn't in a victory for Trimble, but uh, that, that was probably the best high school game I've seen in person uh, in my last four years here. So, yep. And who knows? Yeah, Maybe next year you, you can see a, uh, a better one. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> I, I guess, you ne- guess you never know, huh? You never know. We'll step aside for a quick break right here on the Sportsman. Seven four zero five nine two six six four six, Bengals and Browns. We also got the Bobcats in their exhibition game, which was a uh, yeah pretty dominant basketball game between the Bobcats and Capital. And of course, we've got their game against Belmont tomorrow to kind of preview a little bit. Um, but still, lots to talk about. We'll be right back right after this. Sportsman nine seventy nine seven point one FM WATH presented by Jane K Contracting. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. It's when we dig deep. Loses it to Bjorkstrand, leaves it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, we rise. Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets ticket plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and coworkers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Together, we can change the world for people with MS. Register today at walkms.org. A brand new season of Bobcat basketball is here, and it starts on Tuesday night. Ohio hosts Belmont in a marquee mid-major matchup. Russ Eisenstein. Rob Cornelius and I will be calling Bobcat football at Eastern Michigan on Power 105. So Jake Kermata will bring the convo to you on WATH. Basketball pregame starts at 6.30 with the tip at 7. It's the Bobcats and Bruins in basketball on Tuesday night. And it's on AM 970 WATH. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. 
Back inside for the Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH Sports Brand, brought to you by JK Contract and Mills the Mike alongside Joey Medor. Going all the way up until 7 o'clock today. No sports on the station today, but we've got a lot of sports coming our way throughout the week. A couple of Ohio State women's basketball games, a couple of Ohio State men's basketball games, and uh, Bobcat football and Bobcat men's basketball kick it off tomorrow starting at 6.30 right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, and over on our sister station, 105.5 Power, and I'll find the flagship of the Bobcats. 105.5 will have the men's, well, no, they will have the football game. Football on 105, and then uh, right here, men's basketball uh, with Jake Ramada, Russ Eisenstein again over on WXTQ. Uh, Jake will take over. Jake is back. He called a couple of Ohio women's basketball seasons uh, during his time here at Ohio, went to Learfields, and will then, uh, when I was going to do a little bit of play-by-play uh, for Ohio University and you know, kicks it off with the men's basketball team because, you know, that, they were scheduled in the same time frame there, Joe. I don't know why you'd schedule the game at the same time as another major sport happening, but, hey, um, you know, we're, we're happy to accommodate. We're happy to get them on both stations. And, you know, it's looking up for Ohio, right? The Bobcats, uh, they're not receiving any AP votes, but I think that they, you know, kind of impressed in their exhibition against Capital. Now, you know, Capital's not a... a you know, A-tier opponent, and I get that, and that was just an exhibition game. Um, but they got the banner reveal out of the way. They're not going to drop the banners again this year, which in an exhibition game, I didn't think that they were going to do everything. You know, yeah, I would have thought they would have held that out till uh, the first game, but, you know. I, they just decided to get it out of the way. Last year was last year. Right. And now, yeah. you know, set focus for this year. And I guess a lot of people are keying in on uh, the play of Tommy Schmack because Schmack was a transfer to Ohio and yeah, he had 17 points in 17 minutes. Yep, he's from here, uh, up around the Cleveland area where he went to high school. Uh, but yeah, he did impress, leading the team in points. Um, you know, he's a he's going to join a really deep guard rotation. I mean, obviously you're probably going to have Sears and and Roderick be your starting two there. Um, but you have Miles Brown, London McDay, and now you add. Now you had Schmack in, and you know that that that's a that's one of the best guard rotations we're seeing in the MAC. I think Schmack, he's more of a traditional point guard, unlike McDay and Miles Brown. So he'll probably be more of the backup to Sears whenever he needs to get a breather. But uh, came in, played extremely well. Obviously, ran the offense well. Just more depth to what was already a pretty deep team uh, coming into the season uh, for the Bobcats. I mean, everybody looked good. Vanderplas looked smooth. You know, Jason Carter back in Ohio uniform. He was very efficient when he was on the court. Um, but good to see them come out and, and uh, you know, be dominant in the expedition. Like we said last week, you know, it's kind of how that's supposed to go. You know, you're playing a, you know, a non-D1 program, and, you know, they're, they're obviously coming here. It's obviously supposed to be your tune-up for the season starts, and, you know, if anything goes awry there, then you, everybody's kind of hitting the panic button. But, uh, yeah, they were they were good early on. Starters played in the first half for the most part. They, they outscored them 50-26. to 26. That's exactly what you want to see. And, uh, you know, they get ready for tomorrow night's opener, which is no gimme by any stretch of the imagination as the uh, Belmont Bruins are coming to the convo to open up the season. And Belmont, uh, the line opens up at two and a half. So I saw the opening line for that. And uh, Belmont, the favorite on the road uh, here in Athens. Um, You know, Bobcats will look to impress. You know, Belmont's a very talented team. Um, But the couple of takeaways that I, I had in that exhibition game, Joey, uh, number one, you know, London McDay was not, 
you know, the first off the bench per se. Uh, but London McDay was dealing with a little bit of a, an injury that he's slowly recovering from. And then the other big injury was Dwight Wilson, who I think, if I heard correctly by Jeff Bowles, because I was listening to the post-game press conference. I well, Wilson Bowles, did not play. Right, but I, I think that he had knee surgery is what I'm getting at. Um, so I, I believe that you know, Dwight Wilson will play at some point this season. But uh, you, know, you had McDay, who was a starter for his you know, time here in Athens, and you know, Dwight Wilson, who was a, a tremendous asset to the team last year. You know, both guys are kind of you know, a little bit injured with London McDay making his recovery, and you should see more minutes out of him as the season goes along. Now, did he uh, say ever, like, how long Wilson's out? Because, um, I mean, you, it's a starter. You just... Right. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't remember him saying a time frame for Dwight Wilson. I'd have to go back. I was looking at the report from uh, you know, Jason Arkley, and there was another uh, uh, one of the new recruits was out with illness. Um, so the one, the one guy who did not play uh, was, well, a couple guys, uh, Dwight Wilson and <laughs> the one who was out with illness. Uh, and I, I got to get that name here in, in a couple seconds. But those, at least, you know, for the most part, you know, they were healthy and they looked extremely, extremely good, you know, against, again, a capital team. But uh, they're going to have to be even more on point moving forward against Belmont. Yeah, Belmont comes in uh, off a four-loss season last year. I mean, they didn't end up to going on to win the OVC, but they did win the regular season title. Um, they're coming in this year, seven AP votes. Uh, so obviously, you know, they've had the, they have the attention of coaches and media across the nation as being one of those really good mid-major teams this year. Uh, you know, just reading an article about them, they returned 97% of their offense and minutes from last season. Um, best players, Nick Mazinski. Uh, I knew it. I knew I was going to botch it, but I do know how, actually know how to say it. <laughs> But Nick Musinski is actually from Pickerton, Ohio, and he's kind of their uh, here's their key guy. He's coming off a year after 15 points, five rebounds, and almost two blocks a game. He's a force uh, down there in the middle. He has 77 career uh, double-figure scoring games, um, and he's on pace to challenge uh, you know a record for the most scoring in a uh, in an NCAA career. Which you know it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Ohio is able to manage him down low. But again. Much like Ohio, they're returning a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of production from last year's team, and uh, you know they're going to come in here and you know obviously they got the banner out of the way, so I guess they were not, they have nothing really really spoil, but uh, <laughs> except know. for the season opener. Yeah, right, right. I, you know, expect the combo to be loud. Um, it's going to be a good, fundamentally sound, uh, really strong mid-major basketball team coming in here, and that that's. It's going to be a good measure for where this Ohio team stands right off the gate. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, again, listening into the press conference, and I got the, the uh, I.J. Izuma was, uh, was ill, so he did not play. Dwight Wilson out and uh, McDay, you know, recently you know, recovered and, and, and playing. Um, I was impressed that there was 6,000-plus in the convo for an exhibition game. And, you know, even during the press conference, Jeff Bowles was talking about, you know, Dwight Wilson came up to him and he said, Man, I never seen this place like this, and it's kind of crazy to think because you know Bowles played during a time where the convo was loud, obnoxious, and uh, you know really a, a tough place to play for opponents. And you know it's kind of gotten away from that, you know, over the last maybe five, ten years maybe. 
Uh, but it's slowly built back up again, and especially with this team projected to do so well, you know, combo's going to be rocking and rolling, I anticipate, you know, almost every home game. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, Dwight Wilson didn't have that experience because, again, COVID, you know, knocked him out last yeah, year. Yeah, you know, I think the COVID, I think COVID happening does help. I mean, people want to go out and see, you know, sporting events in person, especially students who can get in for free, you know. Uh, and it was a Saturday afternoon, nothing else to do. Dad's weekend. You know, every corny dad wants to go watch the team's exhibition basketball game, right? So, <laughs> I actually <laughs> know a couple dads who went. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, regardless, no, I, I do think there is that excitement around the team this year. Uh, but what people should remember is, you know, this is, a, this is a basketball program who, yes, had their down years during the Saul Phillips era, but they're... Th- yeah. What? No, down is a relative term. Down is in... Because uh, I, I was talking about... They weren't good. Well, right, but they... <laughs> Our down year, our down stretch. Yes, I remember bad. Russ calling yeah. in and talking about how NIU has been terrible for years and years <laughs> in basketball. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but the excitement is back. But remember, this is kind of where this program stands in the MAC. They're supposed to be a team year in and year out that's competing. Bulls very quickly got them back to that. It's just his third year coaching the team, remember. Um, so, quick turnaround. Got them back on top of the MAC in just two seasons. So, uh, but obviously hoping to get off to the right start here. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a really packed house, like you said, Connor, because it's just the buzz around watching this team play um, uh, among the students this year. You know, no one, I mean, my first couple of years, no one came in and would, would talk about the basketball team, right? Uh, now they do. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's the excitement that this team's built up. And that's what a March Madness run will do. Um, well, I mean, I mean you, you go back to the videos, right? And you see how Court Street just kind of lit up. Yeah. Yeah, last year I'm not sure how many people knew how good they were till like the MAC championship game, but uh, uh, because you know there weren't too many people following along. Uh, people can cl- I know a lot of people claim they do, but Connor, me and you watched the games. We had to talk about them every day, and uh, me and you were the ones saying. I mean, I know they're the five seed or whatever, but this team has talent to make a run in the MAC tournament. And they killed everybody all the way all, all the way in the one of March Madness game. Yep. This year, the expectation is there. They're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. No. I mean, they have the giant. I, they have a target on their back this year, and people are trying yeah. to chase them. But I'm still, and again, we, we talked about how Buffalo's returned at a pretty good team, too, and they are the projected number one team in the MAC with Ohio at number two. I was kind of surprised Ohio didn't get any first place votes. That was surprising uh, to me as well, yeah. But, I mean, I do think a general consensus from people not around here is oh, Jason Preston left. They're going to have to take a step back. He meant that much to what they did offensively. And he don't get me wrong, he was obviously a very integral part of why that team was able to go where it was supposed to, where it went last year. Right. I mean, he had multiple triple doubles in his career. Uh, he just saw the game better than 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 most people who step on a court do. I mean, some of the passes he'd make were were incredible. His court vision, his IQ for the game was was next level. But I mean, don't get it twisted. The kid coming in behind him, sophomore Marcus Sears, is a player now. And I'm excited for him to step into the role and uh, take over. Because you remember, Connor, those few games Preston was hurt, and then he had to sit out um, coming out of the break against Akron when they had their first COVID. Or I think it was the second COVID break, actually, that they had to go through. But they come out, and Marcus Sears played a heck of a game and played a big part in them uh, you know, beating Akron pretty good. And that's kind of what propelled them to what eventually they become. they became that game. Uh, so I'm excited to see him uh, getting the starting point guard role this year. 
Absolutely, and uh, we got a call on the line right here on the sports fan. Caller, you're live. Hey guys, it's me, Trevor. Hey, what's Just going on, Trevor? Busy day in sports. Absolutely, uh, and, and of course it's going to get busier and busier this week with again men's basketball happening uh, tomorrow right here on WATH and, and football happening uh, over on WXTQ. And Joey will be calling the women's basketball game on the Learfield app. Bingo. Yep. Ton of things, especially busy Tuesday of all. Basically, football's away, basketball's home. Women's basketball has a tough Notre Dame team, but they beat them last year, so you never know. With all the starters returning. Yep. But it should, uh, again, an exciting week, and um, it was exciting to watch the high school football over the weekend. I know that came to a close. Athens uh, boys soccer had a tremendous run uh, in their postseason tournament all the way to the regional finals. Uh, lost to Unioto, but we're talking about Bobcats basketball. All right, but a lot of a lot of sports, a lot of busy stuff happening in the area. And then high school begins Thanksgiving weekend or the week after. Right, not too far away from uh, high school basketball now too. But anyway, Trevor, what do you got for us? Anything? Uh, basically, got basically two big stories. First, the MAC realignment. It is all laying on Middle Tennessee State. Either they go and then the MAC offers Western Kentucky, or if they stay back, it's, the MAC's not going to expand. It's a report say, and Nebraska Frost is back, but. The entire offensive coaching staff is up for one, and the special teams coordinator are all fired. All have been filed in Lincoln. Yeah, some important news Sweet. over in uh, you know, Lincoln, and uh, it's it'll be interesting to keep an eye on you know, the conference realignment if it happens in the Mid American Conference. I think it should. I think you should expand in the MAC. Um, the reason the reason that it's been like going back and forth is financial regions, but if going to the MAC, if you look at Conference USA right now, they're up in the air, too. But it's like a big decision if the MAC is going to be more financially stable for Middle Tennessee, or if staying in Conference USA is going to be the long-term goal for them. And I guess that all depends on what Conference USA decides to do because they lost a lot of teams you know during this realignment and if they decide to bring in more teams which i think is what they're trying to do um you know then you know it might be more stable in conference usa but you know nobody has left the mac so you know, no american conference seems stable to. right now no one's expected to right but yeah a couple of things to keep our eyes on but anyway, Trevor, we got to take a quick break right here. Appreciate the phone call. Yep. That was great talking to Trevor, and uh, we got to take a quick break right here on the Sportsman, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, Sportsman brought to you by Jane K Contracting. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a 1,000 trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. 
a work of heart, we know winter is coming as you decorate your home for fall and Thanksgiving. We are getting ready for Christmas. We have scores of pieces of beautiful new art, many designed by our local artist, D. Jones. Pumpkins, scarecrows, snowmen, gingerbread men, winter gnomes, horses, goats, cows, sheep, pigs, roosters, and so much more, many with inspiring sayings. We also have hundreds of gift ideas that can be personalized on our laser engravers. They make great gifts for all occasions and any season. Usually, you can take the personalized gifts home the same day. As we head towards Christmas, we have the best selection of snowmen in the Mid-Ohio Valley. Many of our snowmen have signs that can be personalized with names to make unique gifts that will be treasured for years. That is a work of heart, Grand Central Mall. Come see us today. Now open 10 to 9 in Grand Central Mall or find us online at aworkofheart.biz. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. We're a farm store, a family store, a look-what-I-found store. We're a store made for real people and some real beasts. We're a hey-neighbor kind of store and an everyday low-price store. We're Rural King, and we're working hard to be your favorite store. Black Friday starts now with white hot deals like 99 bucks for a DeWalt Max drill kit or frying oil perfect for the holidays, just $24.89. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills of the Mike with Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock. Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Looking forward to the basketball season. Bobcats, Buckeyes, high school. You know, it should all, all be exciting. But right now, Joey, it is still football season. Uh, especially at the NFL level, and getting uh, into is, the swing of it, we are we're swinging, but you know, we're we're not hitting anything. If Bengals are missing, fan. yeah, right now. <laughs> it's been a swing and a miss over the past two weeks, uh, and and just this past week, I think has to be the most disappointing if you're a, a Browns fan, right? You lay an egg against the Jets, you knew that could have been a trap game, and it was, but against Cleveland. You know, they, they have whole drama off the field with Odell Beckham Jr. You know, they were banged up a little bit. They still don't have Kareem Hunt uh, yeah. in the backfields, but it did not matter. You know, Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield hit his stride uh, without Odell. Right? I mean, yeah. he has been I a mean, better quarterback. I think it's been a little overblown about Baker yesterday. At the end of the day, he completed 14 passes. It wasn't him who beat who beat the Bengals. Um, you know what I mean? Like... I think it's getting a little bit. Like Baker played. Baker played an efficient game yesterday. He did what he had to do, but he didn't light the world on fire by any. No, but he was efficient enough to get the job done against yeah, Cincinnati. Absolutely. Yeah, it, and it just raises the question of if this isn't the version of the Browns that that you could beat 
where it just seemed all, it was bad press all week. And it's is Mayfield the guy? Should they start Keenum? OBJ gone. The thing with his dad and Baker. What's that? How has that relationship? Then they release him. They're banged up, like you said, and you lose forty-one to sixteen to that team. I mean, that just had nothing going for him going into that game. Um, yeah, you got to be a little shook if you're a Cincinnati fan. Uh, ever since that Ravens game where everybody was beating the drum about how awesome they are and, you know, they're tweeting out that they're the number one seed in the AFC. Who cares? It's week seven. Right. Go out and beat the Jets. Go out and beat the bang, or the, the Browns and have put a stronghold. They could have been 3-0 in the AFC North yesterday. Now how hard it would have been to lose the division after that. Yeah. And now, now you're 2-1. You're, you're behind the Baltimore now who got a win yesterday in overtime. You know, Cleveland gets a leg up on you with that victory. They own a tiebreaker right now. They're able to beat you again in Cleveland. You know, it, it's just, I mean, and it was just an ugly game. Three turnovers. It's going to be tough to win whenever you do that, especially when you're not forcing them on the other side of the ball. Uh, the pick six on the first drive. Anytime you throw it, you know, a pick six, it hurts. When you do it from inside the other team's five, I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, he ran it back 99 yards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Denzel I mean, just, Ward. he made a good play on the ball. It was, a little, it was thrown a little bit too inside and. You know, Ward was able to jump it and make a good play, and then, uh, uh, you know, Burrow kind of got his ankles taken out on the run back. But well, that uh, during the post game show, right, uh, right here on the radio, you know, they were even talking about it, and they said they they prefaced it with saying that they love Burrow, they love you know the quarterback that he's been, but um, on that interception, it seemed like to them that he just telegraphed what he was going to do for the entire play. Mm. And at the NFL level, you can't do that. I don't know. Again, I didn't see it yesterday. I was running around. I was listening to it on the radio. But from what I heard from the broadcasters, you know, they said that Joe kind of stared Chase down yeah. throughout that whole play. And, and obviously you can't do that with Denzel Ward in coverage. I no, mean, he's a, and a great defensive player. We talked about this the other day. You know, I mean... Chase had a pretty pedestrian game last week. He still caught a touchdown, but outside of that, didn't do too much against the Jets. And then yesterday, you mentioned it. I mean, he got targeted 13 times, only had six receptions for 49 yards. I mean, by what he's been doing, that's that's very pedestrian. Um, first game he's had without a touchdown right? to this point. Um, and as you say, you know, obviously you have your favorite guys, and, you know, Burrow's always going to look for Chase first, right? I mean, that's that that's become evident. But like you said, he kind of got the snap, looked that way, through that way. And like you said, a guy like Denzel Ward is going to key in on that and be able to make a play on it. Um, I mean, he was trying to fit into a tight window there. And, you know, down in the red zone, that's just not something not something you could do. I mean, there wasn't ever really separation. Even when, even when Chase came out of his break, you know, Ward was kind of right on top of him there. It would have taken a perfect ball to even give him a shot to catch the football. And like we said, left it a little bit inside. Ward jumps on it and picks six and... And obviously, the other interception came later. They've never really gotten a rhythm all day offensively. Um, and again, the running game got held to a minimum, under 100 yards. You know, 23 carries for 83 yards. You know, not the best by their standards. I mean, Mixon did have a couple touchdowns, but you know, they they never really got the balance. That's kind of what happened against the Jets, right? They couldn't run for 100 yards against them either, and had the result to throw in the football way more than they probably would have liked. And you know, that's just the offense. The defense, man, they got to start tackling somebody. I mean, right. they, they, I don't know if they were just, if they've just been, you know, reading their press clippings after everybody said how great of a defensive unit they are the past, the first seven weeks of the year, but they've been terrible tackling the past couple weeks. Yeah. And I know Nick Chubb's an amazing running back. I mean, 
I'll tell anybody any day, you can give Baker all the money that you want, whatever. That offense starts and ends with Nick Chubb. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's just, he's a game changer, man. I mean, he's incredible. 14 for 137 and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he, it's not like he had 30 carries for 137. I mean, he was averaging almost 10 a clip yesterday. Uh, he was tearing them up. Um, and, again, I don't, you know, it's uh, probably the right time for a bye. I mean, Cincinnati definitely has some soul searching to do and some things to figure out because that's, again, like I just said, if that's not the time that you can beat Cleveland, when when is it? Right. I, and, and here's the thing, right? I, I got four things to point to in, in this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, right? The defense has not been as good as they've been at the beginning of the year, right? They can't tackle. They can't cover. They can't do you know, a whole lot of things right now. But that defense has taken a step back from where they, they performed. The offensive line has taken a step back from where they were. And I get it. You know, the Jets had a good interior defensive line, and I know that you're dealing with uh, Jadavian Clowney and you're dealing with, you know, uh, Miles, Garrett. Miles Garrett, right? It, it's a very talented line, but still, Joe got hit, I think, yesterday more than he has all season long in a single game. So that defensive line, uh, that offensive line, Took a major step back. I get it. It's tough to, to game plan yeah, for those jo two. Jonah Williams had a tough day yesterday. Right. He had a, and Akeem Adeniji, you know, his first start of the season, you know, they, they got him on the post game, and he's like, well, what are you going to do during your bye week? Well, I'm probably conditioned. I'm out of breath right now. He didn't say this, you know, verbatim, but he was saying, <laughs> man, I, I got to condition more because, yeah. you know, that he played every snap and down. And then it almost seems like, all right, well, why is he out there if he's not in shape? I mean, that's a, that's a coach's decision. You I know? think it's it, it hurt. That you don't have Jackson Carmen, you know, playing. Yeah. Because Carmen was doing a tremendous job, and I think that's when Cincinnati really hit their stride on the offensive line. The defense taking a step back, they can't tackle. The offensive line has taken a major step back, and whether that's because you're putting Adenergy in there or whatever, but they've taken a step back over the past couple of games. Um, and then, you know, offensively, you know, Joe, I think, is trying to do a little bit too much. You know, 28 of 40. But two interceptions, no touchdown passes for, for Burrow uh, in his QBR game. QBR is 16 yesterday. Yeah. I mean, one of his worst performances of the year. And on top of that, you know, I don't know how much of it is Chase's fault, but you know, he had a drop, he had a fumble. Well, they're right? doubling him now. The Jets did it. You could definitely see teams are keen in on him. And that's when, it, when a guy goes for you know, 800 yards in his first seven games, eventually D. Corner is going to say, okay, we need to stop him to stop this team. Right. I mean... You know, you've kind of seen similar with Kansas City. You know, people have, have kind of keyed in on, on Hill and keeping him in front of them and things like that. And you're going to start – Chase is going to be that. They're going to start, you know, putting emphasis on stopping him. And, and, and they'll let somebody else beat him, but they're not going to let Jamar Chase beat him. And you're going to need guys like Higgins and Boyd and others to step up and, and make plays. But they just weren't really there yesterday. I mean, hats off to Cleveland. You know, with all that going on, for them to go out and dominate on the road, division game, you know, kind of a game that could have showed you where the – I mean, Andrew Allison was on here saying the season's over last week. Yeah. We ought to pull that clip up tomorrow when he's on the show. <laughs> My God. Right now they're tied. They're both five and four teams with, uh, you know, I mean, it's – Yeah, Cleveland's one and one in the division. Bengals are two and one, so. Right. And, you know, the, the thing that, you know, they got Chase because they felt comfortable – well, I guess they didn't feel comfortable with, with with the weapons that they had, right? But Chase was just that much better than... And he than fumbled yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he fumbled, he dropped the ball, um, but you went into the season, right? And you're like, man, look look at these, the, the uh, skill position players, 
right? You got a great running back in Joe Mixon. You had a wide receiver in T. Higgins that led all, all receivers last year. That was with and without Joe. Yeah, I mean, he would if, if Joe didn't get hurt, he would have easily had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. Right, so I you think. have Higgins, you got Chase, and you know, Tyler Boyd is pretty good, too. But I think the one thing that you you thought, you know, you have so many weapons that you got to spread the ball around uh, to multiple guys, right? And that, you know, this offense would not stall as much as it did yesterday. You know, just 16 points against the Browns, whose secondary, you know, I get Wards is back and he did a nice job. Yeah, but besides him, they... they they, you know. Right, that secondary should have been picked apart, right? If you were where you you thought you were, that secondary on Cleveland you know, should have been picked apart by this and, offense. And now it's just you know everybody was you know, oh Cincinnati they could win the Super Bowl. Cincinnati they're the best team in the AFC. Cincinnati yeah they're for sure gonna win the AFC North. And that's why this early in the year you don't get too high, you don't get too low. It was a great win against Baltimore, but you had to come out and beat the Jets. And after you lost to the Jets, you had to come out and beat Cleveland yesterday, who had, you know, nothing in the world going right for him, it seemed like, and you're not able to to go out there and do that. It's uh there's going to be a lot of questions heading into the bye week and I'm sure the hot takes will be flying because whenever you're uh whenever you go into the bye week losing, it gives everybody two weeks to talk about how bad you are. So, uh, <laughs> you know this more than anybody else. You know, with football, every single week matters. Yeah. So when yeah. after that after that Baltimore win, you know everybody's riding high because every week matters. I mean, their account tweeted out that you know we're first in the AFC. Who cares? It's week seven. Get over yours. I know you haven't been there in a while, but yeah, good they, grief. They got to back it up, and you know they they got that hope. And not first, right now. <laughs> all that hope so took was, two weeks. Two weeks was yanked away if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. But by week, got to get right and got to get better. For Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by Jane K. Contracting. CBS News is next. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM.